You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome and good morning or good afternoon. Afternoon back east, certainly. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, your host for the next 30 minutes here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. We're here for you. We're here for your pets. We're here to answer your questions. We're here to have a little fun. Just talk about anything you'd like to talk about. I got an email that I want to answer. I also, um, well, first of all, we need to thank our sponsors, ProSense Pet Products and Kong. And a couple of weeks ago, we talked about heat stroke and how it was, first of all, very bizarre. I had two very bad cases in one weekend. But and I asked all of you to go out, those that, that you don't have it, don't know how to use it, get a rectal thermometer. Every pet owner should have a rectal thermometer to be able to take a pet's temperature. It's the only one I would trust. They, you know, they, you do can ear, the ear ones, they're harder to read because the dog and cat ear anatomy is so different. But the best way, most accurate way to tell temperature is going to still be through the good old rectal thermometer at home. So um, you can do a digital one, that's fine, but you want to make sure you have one, and, and you should need to know what normals are, because it's going to be really hard to not panic when you take that pet's temperature, and it's 102 and a half, and you're going to go, oh my God, 102 and a half, my poor guy's got a hell of a fever. Guess what? No, he doesn't. 102 and a half is normal. So usually, typically for dog, it's about 100.5 up to 102.5 and even 103 if they're excited or if it was a hot day outside or if they're riding in the car. You know, I don't panic too much about 103. Now, if they're really sick, have 103 and we know their normal normal is 100.5, then I may be a little bit more worried, which is why it's very important for you to get that thermometer and take a temperature. You could take some lube, a little Vaseline, a little KY, something like that just to get used to what your dog's normal is. And that's why they have a range, is because different dogs have different normal body temperatures, and the body temperatures seem to fluctuate either on a daily basis, almost like a circadian basis, or with certain activities, etc. So cats are actually a little higher. I've seen pretty normal cats to be 103. Certainly, that's why when you, you pick up that cat, he's always so warm. <laughs> it's, it's not accidental. And so a cat can be also about 100, 100.5, up to 103 max. I wouldn't like them over that. I kind of like in that 102 range myself. But anyway, just know what your cat's normal is as well. And that way, if you ever have like an emergency and you call your doctor and the one, one question that he may ask you, she may ask is, okay, what's his temperature? Does he have a fever? And by the way, there's a difference between a temperature and a fever when you're in school and the student will say, well, he didn't have a temperature. And the, the clinician looks at the student and says, I sure hope he's got a temperature because he doesn't have a temperature. He's dead. So uh, no, you understand that every animal should have a temperature. The question is, is it a fever or is it normal? So don't get caught up by uh, that little gag that's often played by the clinicians. So anyway, how to reach us. We're, we're playing a little something. We're trying to get us uh, going live on Google Hangouts here. And we're playing with it. We want to make sure everything is coming out right. So ultimately, the hope is that you'll be able to join us live on video. You can actually see yourself on video. And these will be posted ultimately on YouTube for you to see and to play back. We're not quite there yet. We have a lot of work to do to figure out how this all works. It's easy to do Google Hangouts if it's just like right now. But the fact that we want to have it recorded and posted and have the people that call in using your little cameras on your computers will all help. So 
We're just, we're a work in progress, as they say. So don't panic, but it's going to happen. It's going to happen soon. Meanwhile, to get a hold of us, log on to petliferadio.com. So go on your computer, log into www.petliferadio.com and click on the Ask the Vets tab. On the far left, you'll see all the tabs and look at all our different shows here on Pet Life Radio. And you click on to Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. Now, when you go on to that link, that area, if you scroll down, you'll see message here, join the conversation, log into the show, whatever. So you can do that and send me a live message while we're here. And um, uh, hopefully if it's a question about your pet, I will be able to answer it. So uh, anyway, uh, that's kind of what you do. So a number of ways to get a hold of us. We often have a phone number as well, but we're not sure we can link that phone number yet. So we're going to put that on hold for now and, um, and go without the phone number. So anyway, I got an email, I got a mail from someone, and I, I realized from the mail that it was a question about a condition called Cushing's disease. And I know we've talked about the hormone diseases before, but it's been a while ago. And you know, I think everybody can learn from questions that others ask. That's how we learn all the time. You know, you get a case and you have to look it up, you have to work on it. We may not have all the answers initially. And then we do our homework, we find out more about it, and then we're a lot more comfortable down the road to help a client or a patient through the same disease later on. So Cushing's disease, Cushing's syndrome, there is a, a distinction. It's technical, but it's there. And basically, you know, this is one of those kind of diseases that might be uh, difficult to assess right away because those of you that may have been listening, there are a number of symptoms that one might see, but unfortunately, there are symptoms that happen with other diseases as well. I guess the classic textbook symptom associated with Cushing's disease is called PUPD, polyuria polydipsia, meaning peeing a lot and drinking a lot. Now, one might say, well, wait a second, how about don't you have to drink first in order to pee a lot? And the answer is yes. But also sometimes the way these diseases work, the reason they drink so much is because the thirst center in the brain is signaling, is telling you to drink. Why? Because you just urinated out, your pet just urinated out all this fluid. So now we have to replenish that fluid. So it's a chicken and egg scenario, PUPD, PDPU. And it just sounds, we're, we're so used to saying PUPD, that's just fine. And what Cushing's is, again, it's an oversecretion of either the pituitary gland signaling the adrenal gland, that is Cushing's syndrome, or it's truly a defect in the adrenal gland itself, often maybe an adrenal tumor that is causing it to secrete more of its hormone, the cortisol, and that is true Cushing's disease. So basically, what we often uh, see with this condition is a dog, typically it's a dog, that is eating a lot because of the, the enhanced cortisol in the system, drinking a lot, urinating a lot, of course. And if you also, if you look at these dogs, because they have, it's, the symptoms are almost as if the doctor was giving too much steroid. And that's the problem. So you'll see this, this look. Sometimes they'll come in, they'll have very thin skin, kind of greasy, thinning hair, things like that. And uh, it is a condition that is totally or an endocrine or a hormone-related disease. And these dogs are often, uh, or can be, uh, pretty sick. There's a certain look, as I said, when they come in. Now, the reason why we are, we are always so careful and how diagnostics are so important, because there are other diseases that cause PUPD. One of the more common is diabetes. There are two kinds of diabetes. There's diabetes mellitus, which is the sugar diabetes. Then there's diabetes insipidus, which is the water 
drinking diabetes, which might have something to do with the kidneys. So those two could present plain old kidney disease, kidney failure can present with PUPD. Why? Well, there, because the kidneys aren't working, they're not filtering their fluids well, pretty much everything that's taken in is urinated out. They're not doing their concentrating as they're supposed to because they're not functioning well. Therefore, the thirst center is always being stimulated and telling the body, you need more water. So that dog will start drinking, that cat will start drinking a lot. In fact, we know that cats are not great water drinkers. So all of a sudden, when you see an older cat, especially drinking way more water than normal, we're thinking of diabetes, we're thinking of kidney failure. So these are some of the things that we all have to toy with as veterinarians when we have these cases come in. So there are different ways to diagnose Cushing's. And sometimes if we suspect based on the tests that we run, this might be Cushing's disease versus Cushing's syndrome, meaning the problem is at the level of the adrenal gland itself, not at the level of the pituitary gland signaling the adrenal gland to fire. So these are some of the things that we always seem to have to do. So we do these tests and we can find out basically where we're at. One of the other things that we will often do is ultrasound, especially if our suspicions are such that the problem is adrenal and not pituitary, we can often see on ultrasound the adrenal gland and maybe a very large adrenal gland indicating a possible adrenal tumor. And the reason why that's important is depending on many factors, these dogs often respond to surgery if we can really hone in on the accurate diagnosis and we have a good surgeon and a good candidate for surgery, then that might be a way to go. That's why the tests are very important. So let's talk about Cushing's uh, syndrome for a minute. Cushing's syndrome is where the pituitary gland is working too hard. And the problem is that with that, we have a hormone called adrenocorticotropic hormone, ACTH, always going to the adrenal gland and signaling. And it used to be back in the day that the small dogs typically had Cushing's syndrome and the large dogs typically had Cushing's disease, meaning the cancers. So we find that not to be the case anymore. You don't want to make the decision just based on the fact that, oh my God, it's a Maltese. Most likely it's pituitary related. It's Cushing's syndrome. Let's, you know, let's treat accordingly. I think it's very important to make the distinction uh, as we're learning more and more about the disease, it turns out that there are many, many cases of small dogs that could also have Cushing's disease, meaning the adrenal problem. So the test that we do, there used to be two tests. One is called an ACTH response test. That is the adrenocorticotropic hormone response test. The thought is the following. Typically, when you give corticotropic hormone, that's hormone that stimulates the adrenal gland to fire, we will see a rise in the hormone in response to the, the cortisol level in response to the adrenocorticotropic hormone. And when that response is way greater than one would expect from a normal dog, then the diagnosis is often made. And then depending on how much greater, that might indicate a problem, whether it's going to be Cushing's pituitary dependent or the adrenal gland itself. Now, what's interesting is that there is a test that many of us have switched to, and it's kind of like the opposite. Instead of trying to stimulate the hormone, what we do is we suppress it. We go ahead and we will give the body some cortisol. Now, what happens is a feedback mechanism going on in the body all the time. When enough cortisol is sensed circulating in the body, then a signal is sent. The adrenal glands read this and say, they kind of kick back and go, well, we don't have to work because, hey, there's plenty of cortisol here in the body anyway. So they suppress. So a test that we do and it's called the dexamethasone suppression test. 
and we have a low dose and a high dose, typically to diagnose basic Cushing's, forget the disease or syndrome, we recommend a low dose. So what we would expect to see that in the normal dog, when there is a low dose or any cortisol circulating, we should see a drop, a dramatic drop in the level of cortisol secreted by the actual adrenal glands. When we do not see that drop, when the levels are still high four hours and especially eight hours later, then we make the diagnosis that we, yes, we have Cushing's, not sure which one we have. Now, oftentimes the diagnosis can be made. We couple that with ultrasound. But another thing that's really important is that there is a high dose dexapressin test. And what we know is that when we give a much higher dose of this dexamethasone cortisol hormone, right, then what happens is that even the pituitary tumors will suppress, but the adrenal tumors don't. So often to differentiate between adrenal disease and pituitary disease, if we can't do it based alone on ultrasound and or the low dose test, then your doctor might consider a high dose test. And once we have that, a diagnosis can be made one way or the other, and then we think about treatment. And treatments could be, as I said, it could be surgery. There are a few, and that surgery really only if it's adrenal. If it's pituitary, I don't know how many surgeons are going to go into the brain and start doing pituitary surgery. But there's also medication out there, one that had been an industry standard for years and years and years called Lysadrin or OPDDD, and a newer one that is Trilistane under the trade name Vetero. And that's the one that seems to be the most in vogue at this time. And it is something that has to be titrated, which means that we have to start, there's a pretty wide dose range. And we don't know initially which one's going to work for your pet. So usually we start at the lower end, and then we have the patient come in for that ACTH response test, which is the original test that we used to use to diagnose Cushing's, and we evaluate the result. As we get better treatment and better response to the medication, then we see much less rise of cortisol once the ACTH is given, and that's how we kind of know that we're regulated. So uh, what I want to do, we have to take a quick break. What I want to do is when we come back, we are going to talk about, in essence, the opposite of Cushing's, which is where what we see is Addison's disease. And this is just kind of a quick refresher because hopefully, oh, several months ago, we talked about this, you were listening, but I'm hoping we also have some new listeners out there that might benefit and might learn a little something about their pet's endocrine system. So don't go away. We come right back here on Pet Life Radio. You're here live with Dr. Jeff. Don't go away. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. We mature, handsome types need a little special attention. Does your dog suffer from joint and arthritis pain? Deteriorating muscle and joint problems are very common in aging dogs. It's easy to alleviate your dog's discomfort at home with ProSense. ProSense joint care products can help make your dog's life as pain-free as possible, providing effective relief for flare-ups and also lubricate and strengthen damaged cartilage. ProSense products are veterinary formulated and recommended to ensure the very best for your pet. Try ProSense today. Your dog will thank you for it. Pets love life. Love them back with ProSense. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. 
Try our grain-free rolled food. It's protein-packed with less risk of food sensitivity. Do you know that moment when your dirty dog's about to jump in your nice, clean car? You can avoid all the cleanup and mess with a 4K9 seat cover. 4K9s makes heavy-duty seat covers and cargo liners that will blend seamlessly with the interior of your vehicle. You can find us at 4K9s.com. That's the number 4, K-N-I-N-E-S.com or on Amazon.com. 4K9s makes nothing but the best for your best friend. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome back. You're here live with Dr. Jeff. You're on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. Um, I want you to go on uh, and join us at www.petliferadio.com and come in and join our conversation. I'm sure you must have some questions. Uh, I just did it. It works. I wrote, hey, Dr. Jeff here. Get gutsy and join our conversation. I'm sure you must have some questions for your pets. I'm sure you do. So go ahead and uh, join in and uh, let me see if I can help you out a little bit. So just before the break, we were talking about Cushing's disease. And I just wanted to briefly, briefly mention something about the Cushing's counterpart, the Cushing's opposite, and it's called Addison's disease. And Addison's is, interestingly, can also present, even though it's the opposite, it can also present with PUPD. It can present with sort of like nervous shaking. We call it episodic weakness, shivering, shaking episodes, almost like little mini seizures. Like a dog looks like it's freezing cold because it may be. And we... Predominantly, see, well, you can see it in any dog, but seems middle-aged females seem to, uh, to uh, statistically present more often. And this is where the adrenal glands aren't working at all. It's either because the pituitary stops signaling them or the adrenals aren't working. And so it's an under-secretion. Now, interestingly, one of the reasons why many of us are so afraid of corticosteroids for pets, for dogs especially, cats seem to tolerate them very well is because we've seen conditions where if we don't respect the drug, prednisone, dexamethasone, methylprednisone, any of the, the cortisols, that as we talked about earlier, one way to test for it is to give cortisol, and typically that will suppress the adrenal gland. Well, what happens is that if we have too much cortisol on board for too long, the poor adrenal gland basically forgets how to function. It could shut itself off completely. So therefore, we are very careful, and I'm sure if your pet has ever been on a cortisone, and I'd be really surprised if your pet never had to be on cortisol because, you know, it's, the, it's one of those drugs that it's the most used drug in veterinary medicine, and also, unfortunately, because it's not respected, one of the most abused drugs in veterinary medicine. But, I mean, we have to use it a lot. It's used for cancer. It's used for allergies. It's used for a lot of things. Anyway, so... That's why I'm sure if you have ever had your pet on it, prednisone, for example, your doctor quickly likes to get on an alternate day schedule, especially for dogs. And the reason is that we want to give the body a rest on the off days so the body's own adrenal gland can function. So what happens with Addison's disease is it stops functioning altogether. And Addison is very treatable. There's some really you know good, we used to have a daily medication called Florinef. 
that was effective. It's still in use. Most of us have begun the Procortin, which we like a little bit better, a little easier to use. But what's, what's interesting, talk about the ease of treating. There is not sure, 100% sure, I think it was Sweden, but and I don't know if they still do it, but what they used to do when they were treating Cushing's back in the day when the drug, the only drug that we could use was the OPDDD, the Lysadrin, which we know destroys that portion, suppresses or destroys that portion of the adrenal gland responsible for the secretion of cortisol that they used to literally overdose purposely, overdose with the Lysadrin, blow out that area, and then they would treat for Addison's, which was easier to treat for. So I thought that was very interesting. So they are opposite, completely opposite diseases. We see Cushing's more than we see Addison's, but they are both treatable. So I would guess that the telltale sign is when you have that pet either having like a rotund appearance, bloated belly, PUPD, drinking and peeing, et cetera, et cetera, you need to see your veterinarian. You need to take your, your dog in to see your vet. And I want to just reiterate, we are less now, as of last night, less than a week away from Halloween which is coming up next week. For those of you who were not able to join us last Sunday when we had Dr. Heather Lenzer on live with us from the American Animal Hospital Association, who also was or still does some emergency room work, we were talking about candies, chocolate, wrappers, uh, strings, costumes, you name it, we were talking about it and how potentially dangerous this time of year can be with our pets. It starts really with Halloween and then we have Thanksgiving not too far behind, going into Hanukkah and Christmas. So we need to be really, really, really aware of how much festive fun we can have with our pets, but also, if we're not careful and cautious, what type of dangers can present to our pets. Therefore, need to be a bit more proactive. Uh, in fact, this week, I did a, um, a piece on KBC, our, our local ABC affiliate here in Los Angeles, on Halloween. Tomorrow morning, I'm shooting live. It's called Fox News Edge, again, speaking about Halloween. And I also added something to do, and I'll have to keep you posted, but I had uh, I shot uh, pretty most of Friday with Inside Edition, and we're doing a piece that could be very, very serious. I mean, it's fortunately, it's not one of those things that happens a lot, but even if it happened once, that's one time too many, and you never want to be that once. And that is the potential dangers of having pets around the house near flames. That's near candles near a range that's on, we know how curious cats are. We know that cats are graceful, but when they're playing, they become a little less graceful. And how easy it would be, as we demonstrated on the piece, for a cat in play to knock over a nearby candle, to bite into an electric cord around your Christmas tree, for example. So it's kind of serious stuff. And the reason they contacted me and we did this story is because, yes, there was a case not too long ago where a cat knocking over, playing with a candle, batting a candle, knocked it over. Everybody was asleep and started a house fire and literally burned the house down. And it was extremely sad. So keep that in mind. Now, the next thing, and this is one of my luxuries, I would imagine, being here at the mic with my show, and that is we can talk about anything. So here's something that was really fun. I get to plug my one of my kids, my oldest daughter. So she was a um, real brief Michigan undergrad, then went to the Cordon Bleu, then went to USC for her MBA. She had written a business plan in school that won for the best business plan. And she's obviously with Cordon Bleu. She's always been in, into cooking and baking. 
and she's a master at it, actually. She read an article that Nestle Co. had to recall zillions of cases of their ready-made Toll House chocolate chip cookie dough that was in those rolls, you know, and all you do is slice it and stick it on the, the baking sheet because people were eating it raw. And people love to lick the bowl. You know, when you're making the chocolate chip cookies, you got you sit there and you're eating it. Look at the ice cream flavors with cookie doughs. I mean, it's not a strange thing to want to do. People love it. But the eggs were in there and some other products that were causing illness, if not baked. So my daughter said to herself, oh, my God, I'm not the only one who loves eating raw cookie dough. And she developed Edible, E-D-O-U-G-H-B-L-E. You can find it at edible.com. And she's in a bunch of chain stores now. She's doing great. But anyway, one of her customers, unbeknownst to her initially, but kept ordering because they're great gifts. You can get them boxes of, you know, for their, she's got like 10 flavors. They're really cute. And um, so this customer was ordering and ordering a lot because she loved it and then started ordering some for her friends and giving them away as gifts. And she contacted my daughter that she was going to be a guest on Jimmy Fallon last Friday night. So it was a week ago. She wanted to bring on Edible because usually when she does these shows, she likes to bring something. So, P.S., she brings it on. It was such a hit. He loved them. And uh, I mean, he was giving them to the band. Anyway, it was great because within a several days, she must have gotten, I don't know, 500 orders for Edible. So anyway, if you're looking for really, really good gifts, you can go to edible.com. There's a really good plug for my daughter. And the stuff is great. Great flavors like chocolate chip off the old block, s'more please, strawberry jam and stuck on you PB&J, cookies and dream. For the holidays, you get one that says naughty and spice. So anyway, really, really a birthday bash, really good stuff. So uh, if you're looking for something fun, something different, something unique that nobody else has, there's a good idea for you. Hey, if it's good enough for Whoopi Goldberg and Jimmy Fallon, it's probably going to be good enough for you and your friends and family as well. Anyway, great being here. Thank you so much for joining me. We're a little bit late starting and and finishing. That's okay, because our wonderful producer, Mark, will fix that in studio. And uh, we have a great Halloween, a safe Halloween, and we will all be here next Sunday, same time. And hopefully by then we'll figure out how we can get you live. So when you ask a question, you can actually, we can see you. You can see yourself. You can tell your friends to watch, you know, go on YouTube and we can see you live with me here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Best with Dr. Jeff. Once again, thanks to our sponsors, Pro Sentence and Kong. And again, Mark, thanks a lot for being a great producer. See you next week. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.